welcome to the Mr. Vincent Podcast, episode 112. I'm your host, Emmanuel Vincent, and I told you guys I would be back with another episode relatively soon. Those of you who, of course, check out my last episode I put out um, early Friday morning, and I kept my word. Uh, as this weekend is Conference Championship weekend, with two great games slated for Sunday. Honestly, it's close to call both. They can go either way. I, there's no real wrong pick. Of course, then when the game's over, there'll be a wrong pick, but you can really like pick either team to win the game. So I'm really excited. I can't wait for Sunday. So uh, last night, me and the homie E did uh, preview these games, gave our expectations of how we think it's going to play out, and also gave our, our final predictions with the score and everything. Then we also did talk about some of the um, news around the NFL, such as Nathaniel Hackett being hired by the uh, Jets as the new OC, and the reunion of Bill O'Brien and Bill Belichick. So overall, it was a pretty dope pod, and we can get into it right now. Here it is. Championship weekend, uh, conference championship weekend, rather. Uh, now, these games, I think, are really, really close. You can honestly go either way um, with the matches set. How do you feel about, like, these matches that we have slated for uh, Sunday? Um, So, these matchups, to me, are kind of like a kid in a candy store. Uh, <laughs> um, so, that, that 49ers-Eagles, I think that's, like, my favorite matchup for this weekend. But, like, that Bengals-Chiefs where... It's their fourth time playing, and Patrick Mahomes has lost three times in a row, and just, like, the storyline's there. The matchup is, like, interesting. Uh, these are both really good games. I'm happy that it, it turned out this way. Yeah, I mean, I think, I think they're honestly like, they're probably the four best teams left that we have here right now. So let's start with the first game, Slater, on Sunday, 3 o'clock, Niners at Eagles. Um, this is a really, really, a really, really big moment for Purdy. And I feel as if Kyle Shanahan's not going to put that much pressure on him, and they're going to try to run the ball as much as they can. Just to avoid party messing up. Right, right. Um, there's a lot here. There's a lot where I don't really know how. So looking at this on paper, I think I think the, the Eagles match up really well defensively. I think the Eagles match up with the Niners extremely well, and I think the Niners match up with the Eagles extremely well. Starting with the Niners having the football, I think they're going to try to do that. The the Eagles are going to do their absolute best to try to put the game in Brock Purdy's hands. Mm-hmm. Um, the the Eagles this year, they, their numbers versus the run aren't great. But what they tend to do is they tend to do more of like a 3-4, maybe more of like a 4-2-5 kind of a deal where they're really playing the pass and not the run as much. They have guys who can kind of control a couple of gaps. They have they drafted Jordan Davis. He's been healthy and back. They got Ndamukong Sue in, in the middle of the season as a free agent. And they want to really control those trenches as best they can by controlling like those gaps and making it a little bit more difficult for like some of those zone runs to get off. So I think they can do decently well versus that 49ers run game where I really think that Niners team is going to be able to make their bread and butter on offense is attacking the middle of the field. So one thing that is like a boon for the Philadelphia Eagles is the fact that they're getting like their slot cornerback um, Avante Maddox. They're getting him back and the numbers with him on the field versus off the field are like very different when when he's on the field, I, th- I think they defend the slot better than anybody else in the NFL by most metrics. And then when he's off the field, it hasn't looked too good. Um, the fact that he's practicing and most likely going to be playing this weekend is a huge, huge deal for that Philadelphia defense. Um, but I think where I see the problem for them is Kyle Shanahan is going to use a lot of lot of motion. They're not really good with pre snap motion because they try to they tend to play things straight up. Uh, I think they, I think Shanahan is going to use a ton of motion and he's going to try to put those linebackers for the Philadelphia Eagles in space and force them to cover and throw at them all day long. And 
generally it's been a very well-known thing that those Philadelphia linebackers aren't very good. So I think that's going to be their path to like success where they're going to try to run the ball, stay ahead of the sticks, not put Brock Purdy into third and long and throw the football at those linebackers in space. However, um, Kyle Shanahan can create those matchups. Yeah, absolutely. Um, that's a good point. And, you know, I'm just thinking to myself, like, after watching that game, uh, the division around against the Cowboys, to see what they were able to do, how much damage um, Keaton Lane was able to do, despite, you know, Dak wasn't had his best game, it's going to be a tough task for that for that secondary to deal with the, what the Eagles have with Devontae Smith and uh, A.J. Brown. So if, if, I'm, if I'm a Niners fan, I'm a little worried about that. Yeah, um, it's kind of funny. It's... So the 49ers were their best at attacking is they're, they run the football really extremely well, and they're extremely good at attacking the middle of the field. The, I would say that the Philadelphia Eagles' weakness is the middle of the field. Um, they did add C.J. Gardner-Johnson and Avante Maddox, where he just went over what he does in the slot. But their linebackers are the weakest position group on the team, and the one thing we know about Kyle Shanahan is he can find a way to – he'll use pre-snap motion. He'll come out in that 21 personnel package where you have two running uh, – well, you, where you have, like, the, the two receivers and a running back in. I think he's going to move those guys around, like, with chess pieces. He's going to come out with um, Christian McCaffrey. He's going to come out with Debo, Ayuk, um, George Kittle, Juszczyk, move those guys around in terms of like their formations, pre-snap motion, so we can isolate, put put one of his playmakers on an island versus like the linebacker. And then when Brock Purdy drops back, he's gonna say, hey, that's that's where you throw. That's where you look. If it's op- if that's open, throw it. Don't even think about it. And I think they can attack that all day. So I think they should be able to create high percentage throws doing that. And when Philadelphia tries to adjust to account for that, maybe they go elsewhere. But I think that's like the prime thing. Um, they could attack the middle of the field, the San Francisco 49ers. On the other side of the ball, though, um, that San Francisco defense, I think they're number one in DVOA. They've been incredible um, all year. They're fast. They're swarming. They're really good. The weakest part of that defense is their corners. Their boundary corners are not good. Um, yeah. And especially when it comes to defending goal balls. They're one of like the worst teams in the league when it comes to like their corners defending like the deep outside throws. The Philadelphia Eagles are the best in the league at converting deep outside throws. I mean, I'm, I'm sure both you and the listeners have seen A.J. Brown cooking people on these like 60, 70-yard catches downfield. I definitely see him being able to do that versus those San Francisco corners. Um, they'll, I think they're gonna they they're gonna run maybe some like GT counter, which is where you see like the guard and the tackle pulling on like the backside and then pulling to the play side for for um, uh, for the run game. I think they're gonna also you might also see some duo where the Eagles just straight up try to play big boy football and go downhill. I think they're going to play like a lot of 12. They're the best team in football out, out of the out of 12 formation where you see two tight ends on the field as as opposed to two running backs, um, what, which you just talked about, just like the 21 personnel package for the Niners. Mm-hmm. Um, I think they're going to try to run the football out of 12, and they're going to try to build some play action off of that and just and start killing them deep with the deep shots, run the football, stay ahead of the sticks, um, force the Niners to – to play gap scheme and account for Jalen Hurts and the run fits and attack them deep and outside and make those corners uh, earn their pay. Yeah, exactly. Like, like this team is, is very prolific on offense, uh, the, the Eagles that they have. And, and then you got to account for you got to account for Hurts too in the run game. I mean, we know he's dealing with the shoulder injury, uh, but I mean, you couldn't tell after what they did to the Giants in the division around. But then again, this is a whole different beast. Um, but yeah, I, it's just so hard to, to call this game. What do you think about? Um, do you think that, that what, what is what is your realistic expectation you think people should have for Brock Purdy? See how while he's just seven and zero as a starter, he hasn't seen a beast like this yet. Mister Irrelevant is here on the, on the biggest stage. He probably never played in a game this big in his life of this magnitude. So, what do you think should be realistic expectations for his performance on Sunday? 
I think it depends on how well the rest of the offense works around him. Mm. So the numbers, I would say like the gross stats kind of just like overall paint a picture of someone who's been playing at a really high level in Brock Purdy. Like if you if you didn't if you didn't like know how like the film looked or just like some of the numbers that have been there um, beforehand, you would look at him and you'd think, wow, like I, I believe so. He's like 67 percent complete, uh, third, like 8.1 yards per attempt, like the, and his, you know, he has a 13 to 4 TD to reception ratio and his QB rating is 107. That's amazing. Um He's had games. I think he had a three. He, he passed for three hundred thirty-two yards against the Seahawks in the playoffs. He's had really, really good games. But here's the thing: he doesn't really have to do much. If you if you look at the film, you look at the statistics of like quarterbacks who have had of of like league leaders in the uh, in the NFL for pass plays of like twenty yards or more. The two quarterbacks in the league who have had like the lowest average depth of target are Brock Purdy and Jimmy Garoppolo. Yeah, well, that makes sense though because they don't really have a deep threat on the Niners. They don't have to. They don't. They they don't have to throw the ball that far. The entire thing with that Kyle Shanahan offense is that anybody can run it because he's going to scheme it up where you can throw it short, and then you have a whole bunch of playmakers who are going to be able to do all the rest for you. So and, and, and tackle the yard after the catch. Yeah, so so right now Jimmy Garoppolo and Brock Purdy are in top five or six for yards um, yards after catch per completion. They're they're near the top of the league, and then when it comes to generating big plays, they have to throw it the lowest. Uh, the they're not they're throwing it they're not throwing it as far as anybody. So like they're they're throwing it the shortest distance in the league to get to create big plays. So it's he's pretty much just at this point, he's like a game manager plus. Honestly, um, he I, he's he's not anything outside of maybe like a little bit better than average, in my opinion, based off what I've seen. I think the one difference between him and Jimmy Garoppolo is Jimmy Garoppolo can't throw the football deep and outside. Really, it's just not his thing. He he avoids it, and when he tries to do it, it just doesn't go well. Brock Purdy can at least do that. Um, and, and can, a little too. Yeah, he can execute. And I would say the one good sign I saw maybe like last week, um, even though he did at times put the ball in harm's way, was that Dallas defense made him play his worst possible game, and the 49ers still won the game. I will say this, though. Um, I do think that it was very much like the 49ers defense that won the game because they were able to pick off Dak Prescott twice. I don't think that's going to happen against Jalen Hurts because Jalen Hurts protects the football, and especially with his running ability. He's um, he's able to keep that offense on schedule and not have to make really risky turnover play, the turnover-worthy plays. So that's that's a thing where if Philly is able to, to stop the run, make things difficult for them throwing the ball, um, and they put the game on Brock Purdy where he needs to make a play. They can definitely win this game. Mm. I mean, yeah, I mean, so watching the game last week in the division round, I thought Brock was was relatively decent, especially after that that crazy catch that Kittle made. I think that was the momentum changer in the game. And oh, he just sure. looked he looked really like he looked really calm. You wouldn't think he was a seven round. He was the last pick in the draft by watching him play and look at how comfortable he was in the pocket. I would say, oh, like comfortable in the sense like he had confidence in himself. You know what I'm saying? So, can he can that be replicated this Sunday? Possibly, but the fact I think that it's at uh, in Philly as opposed to in San Fran makes me more hesitant to pick the Niners to win the game. Even though I'm going to go with them because I thought after Week 14 they are going to the Super Bowl and they might just win it all. I'm going to stick with them, but I'm not really confident. Yeah, I I have the Niners winning this game. I think the way I look at it is. I th- based on the matchups, I think the San Francisco 49ers can generate a lot of like high percentage throws. They can still generate short throws, attacking those linebackers to try to stay ahead of the sticks. I think for Philly, I think for Philly, for them on offense, while I, I think their run game can still work against the Niners, I don't really think they're going to have much as it relates to the the 
the shorter intermediate areas of the field in the middle of the field that they might want to try to attack because of Fred Warner and those linebackers being so good in coverage while they can also come up against the run. Those throws to the outside, even though they're spectacular and they generate, a sh- uh, they, you know, they're momentum changers, they, they're they huge chunk plays. They're still, a, at the end of the day, they're a bit more low percentage throws compared to what the Niners can generate. So I just trust the Niners a little bit more um, to win this game. Plus, I also think the, the, the Eagles defense is very much, they kind of play you straight up. And in a sense, they don't really they don't really scheme things up a bit. I trust D'Amico Ryan's game planning abilities a bit more than I trust Jonathan Gannon's. So I'm leaning with the Niners. I'm not super confident in it. I think the game will be close and competitive, but I'm going with the Niners on this one. You got a high score for the game? <sighs> I'm thinking it's going to be 24-20, honestly. Yeah, I, I got something. I got, I'm in that ballpark. I got 22-17 San Fran. I think they're both going to run the game. I think think they're both going to run the ball, and that's going to burn the game clock a bit. And I don't necessarily see them absolutely, like, torching one another. Um, But I do think the offenses will score. Uh, You know what? I I haven't seen a lot of people talk about this on TV or on any shows um, or or on social media or whatever. Uh, The the Eagles have had a relatively easy schedule this season, right, you would say? Yeah, I would say that, but I don't ever really play anything like like this beast, like we're like they're gonna play on Sunday. Because people are talking about Brock Purdy, but he's not seen anything like the San Francisco. I mean, can't see anybody like the Eagles as far. Well, they haven't really played anybody like their friends. Yeah, that's true. Um, I think I think that 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 Philadelphia Eagles offense and defense are both really good. I think maybe top to bottom, they're probably the most complete team in the league overall, especially when I agree. Consider, like their offensive line, their defensive line, like they got, they got players for days. Um, and I think that they're uniquely positioned. They can attack that 49ers uh, defense in a way that a lot of people didn't think that they could. So I think they will perform better than expected. Uh, it's just, I think maybe like that, that difference or one or two plays, I just trust the Niners to generate them a bit more especially since Jimmy's out. Jimmy tends to have like those like brain farts during these games, it feels. And uh, I haven't really seen that yet from Brock Purdy. And that might be a luck thing. That might just be a him thing. But so far, that's that's what's, what it's looked like. Yeah, I mean, yeah, he hasn't. I think the key is just him just don't fuck up and keep fun. And you probably can punch your tickets to the Super Bowl if he does just that. Yeah, one game away. Yeah. All right. Yeah, yeah. Looks like I'll take a quick break here and then we'll talk about the uh, Bengals Chiefs. All right. So we got an AFC championship matchup, uh, rather a rematch from last year. Bengals at Chiefs Sunday at 6 o'clock. Um, it's crazy to think that the, that the Bengals are really 3-0 against Pat Mahomes. Joe Burrow got the upper hand so far. Can it be four in a row? Um, if, honestly, if Pat Mahomes wasn't hurt, uh, I would probably say no, but it's tough. You know what? Like, I, the injury looked bad, right? But how, how could he even be playing on a high sprain ankle? Because that, that, that's, that's, that's like a six to a four to six week injury. Yeah, if it's a high ankle, if, it, if it was actually, like a, I guess it depends on like the grade, but from what I remember, I believe, uh, uh, like a serious high ankle sprain, you're out for yeah. a like few weeks. Yeah, you're out for you're out for at least a month and a month and a half, and then that's at certain points like it can require surgery because I mean that's what a sprain actually is. It's a it's a slight tear, just not a full tear um, of whatever it is. But I don't know. He looked. It was it was very interesting, um, especially like this year having. Uh, maybe like the past like year and a half dealing with people who are more on like the gambling side of things when it comes to sports. And after, I don't know if you saw that the press, um, the little um, press uh, conference or whatever, the session that Mahomes did um, uh, during like practice, I think it was maybe like on Wednesday, it was either Wednesday or Thursday. And um, he did the little presser. He answered questions from reporters and he kind of just like, kind of just walked just, kind of like hopped down the stairs nonchalantly like walked out the door the betting the the lines i think the kansas city chiefs were like 
plus three or four before that game. They went from the lines went from like from plus to like minus one, so that now they're favored by one just off of like that that press conference alone and people thinking that he's healthy. Yeah. So this is interesting. Uh, what's your thoughts on the game? Um, this is also a tough one where yeah. I am not sure. I, I think so. They they beat them in on the on December on like the twenty second, I believe. Um, the the Chiefs were pretty close to being able to like win that game. I think they yeah, were. They would have won. Yeah, if not for Travis Kelsey's fumble, they probably win the game. Um, and then there was also, if you like, look at the film, Mahomes was there was just a lot of guys that were like open. Um, that Mahomes was just like missing or not throwing to, um, so that is definitely definitely like a factor. Um, I think Lou Anarumo, the defensive coordinator for the Bengals, is the best in the game. Maybe there are other guys who are as good. Maybe Belichick, maybe D'Amico Ryan's, but there's nobody better than Lou Anarumo right now, and he's done a good job in the past three games where he's made things tough for Mahomes. He's made Mahomes look. And that offense looks somewhat regular. Um, Travis, they took Travis Kelsey out the game last time outside of like that. I mean, he did get a whole bunch of yardage before like that fumble. So who knows what his stat line would have looked like um, if had that not been the case. But he was like in four catches for fifty six yards, no touchdowns. If you if you're telling me you're going up against the Kansas City Chiefs and you and you can take Travis Kelsey out the game. You definitely got a realistic chance of winning, especially given the fact that the Chiefs have a hell of a lot of 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 skill position talent on their side of the ball. Yeah, so I mean, I think that this is a big game for the likes of like MVS and Juju, but then they believe Kelsey of some of the because everybody knows they're going to try to target him, right? So I think the other guys got to do their job. Yeah, the. Enarumo is very much like Belichick, where he wants you to play left-handed. He's going to the generally like the game plan is like whatever your your number one thing it is you do or your number one receiver, he's going to take that guy away. So like last week against the Buffalo Bills, they took away Diggs. I'm pretty sure going into this game, they're going to take away Travis Kelsey. They tend to play like a lot of zone. Yeah. I think they're going to take away – I think they're going to do like – they're going to play a lot of zone and then maybe move to man on third down. I think the name that people really need to look for is Kadarius Tony. Kadarius tony has been hurt and in and out, but he's the kind of guy where he's the kind of talent where you could see him separating and making a lot of plays versus man coverage. And I think that's going to be like a key. Like if you're sprinkling something, if you're looking to gamble, I would say look at Kadarius Tony's receptions and yards and maybe even a touchdown possibly. Um, I think Adarius Tony is going to be a big factor for them, but I think Lou is going to try to take away some of the quick throws, especially the quick throws to Travis Kelsey, try to generate pressure by forcing Mahomes to hold on to the ball and seeing how that ankle holds up. If he has to buy time and scramble and um, create secondary plays outside the pocket, I think Lou and Arubo is going to do his absolute best to test him. Yeah, like yeah. If you're the Bengals, you definitely got like you said, test, test like test Pat Mahomes, see how he's able to, to move and navigate dealing with that injury. If, if, if the old line can't do a decent job of, of holding up for Mahomes, um, it's not gonna look good. It's not gonna look good for uh, the Chiefs. Yeah, you know, and he's he's really good for doing like simulated pressures, gaming up the offensive line where they're blocking air and then they're overloading on the other side. I'm like, who knows? Maybe he might try to bring pressure to the towards the direction of Mahomes' good ankles. So if he wants to like get out of the pocket, he's got to move. He's got to go towards. I think it's his right ankle that got injured, where he has to like roll out to his right um, if he wants to escape from the pocket. Like I think I, Lou Anarumo is he's extremely detail oriented. He will always put his players in the right position, and then the scheme is always good. Like I don't think I you, you it's very often you'll see teams play the Chiefs, and for some reason, Travis Kelsey is open all the time. Part of that is just Andy Reid, but I don't see Lou Anarumo allowing that to be a thing where they can just throw short stuff to Travis Kelsey 800 times over, and he'll just just keep converting, like, first downs. Yeah, kind of similar to what we saw in the division around. 
Yeah. Like, like, like why he chats at them, letting them go crazy. <laughs> yeah, I think I think last week he, Travis Kelsey had what like fourteen catches or something like that. I, I forget, or was it the week before that? I don't. It was it was ridiculous, absolutely ridiculous. It's like how how do you justify? Yeah, he had he had fourteen catches on seventeen targets versus the Jacksonville Jaguars, which is absurd. That's, that's insane. <laughs> absurd. <laughs> that's crazy. Hey man, yeah, there's a lot of trash talking going going on, primarily coming from the Bengals side. I, I, I like this Bengals team because they're playing with, like, a chip on their shoulder. People have been dealt with them all year. A lot of people, like myself, thought that, that it was, like, a fluke that they got to the Super Bowl, that they just got – they just lucked up and got there last year. But here they are in this position, one game away to return. Um, did you, see, you see the mayor of uh, Cincinnati? Yeah. I was yeah. like um, – I was just like, what? Like, I don't, I don't know how you say that as the mayor. Like, talking about – the DNA test to see if if um, if Joe Burrow is Patrick Mahomes' father, like yo, yo wallet, yeah, yo wallet. That's crazy. And then you see like some of the uh, Bengals playing referring to Arrowhead as uh, as Burrowhead. Yeah, like the Burrowhead, the Burrow stuff, the Burrowhead stuff. I I have no issue with that. I think that's like, I think that's cool. Like I think that like if uh, I mean if you if y'all feel some type of way about it, like Chiefs, like do something about it but to be like the the whole the dna test to see if burrow is patrick Mahomes' father like that that's out of pocket like you're doing too much there yeah especially, especially like being in that position you hold on that seat to say something like that it's kind of crazy yeah that yeah that that's out of pocket he, yeah i don't that there's a i think i think there's like a fine line between like friendly banter between some of like these like playoff cities and like taking it too far i think he took it too far yeah uh, yeah, yeah, I think so. Um, so. What do you think about this notion uh, or the narrative that's up there that if Burrow is, is able to advance the Super Bowl and beat Pat Mahomes for the fourth time, that he has surpassed them in the, in the um, threshold of the upper echelon QB? Um, absolutely not. <laughs> wow, really? <laughs> absolutely not. Um, Patrick Mahomes is the best quarterback in the league without question. It's not um, it's not even a question for me. Um, like, 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 let's be real about this. Um, it's kind of funny, but we we've had I've probably had this conversation before. I met it on other pods we've done, but wins are not a quarterback stat. They're not. They're not a quarterback stat. Um, Joe Burrow is playing the Kansas City Chiefs defense. Patrick Mahomes is playing the Cincinnati Bengals defense. The only narrative that can come out of this game is maybe Lou Anarumo is Patrick Mahomes' daddy. That might be a thing. <laughs> but um, if Joe Burrow beats Patrick Mahomes, yeah, there is no, there is absolutely no, no concern in my in my opinion that anyone would realistically think um, that Joe Burrow is better than Patrick Mahomes outside of like people doing like hot takes. I'm telling you right now, if the Kansas City Chiefs um, took shrooms or whatever psychedelic drug that you can like think of that would make them call up the Cincinnati Bengals and say, hey, we want to do a one-for-one swap, Patrick Mahomes for Joe Burrow, the Cincinnati Bengals would say hell fucking yes. And, and <laughs> then, then that's not to say Joe Burrow isn't excellent and I think he's going to be an elite QB. Patrick Mahomes is the boogeyman. He is a bad, bad Oh my God! I can't believe I'm saying this. He's a bad man. Um, not, I don't know Stephen A. stuff. I don't want to be on that tip. But Patrick Mahomes is not somebody to play with. That that boy, nice. He he. There is Patrick Mahomes, and then there's everybody else. Respectfully. Yeah, I mean, I, I personally agree. I mean, I I think Mahomes understanding right now for the QBs in the league, but playing his fifth straight AFC championship game. Since starting since starting in the league and all have been hosted at Arrowhead, it's crazy. And I think what what talked about was this year the fact that people I didn't think so that people doubted Mahomes after Tyreek elected to go to um, to Miami. They thought that that there'll be a slippage. Uh-uh. Not not really a difference. Still the top offense in the league in the season. Back in the same position they have they've been the previous four years. They traded away. Um. I don't know. You could, I think, I, I personally, Tyreek Hill is the 
Oh, he's a top five wide receiver. They traded away the top five wide receiver in football. Didn't replace him in terms of production in the wideout group. And Patrick Mahomes is playing better than he ever has. Like, True. <laughs> straight up. I mean, he's about, to win a, he's about to win a second MVP. Yeah. Uh, it's like, what, 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 else, what else is there to say? <laughs> he's, he's, he's one of one. Um, in a lot of ways, um, Tom Brady's like the GOAT. Um, I don't that he's never go. No one's ever going to replicate what Tom Brady did. So let's like take him out of it. But um, everybody else who was like on that list of like greater, greatest quarterbacks of like all time, like good luck because uh, Patrick Mahomes is coming for all of your spots. I, I already have him top five in my top five. I already have seen enough. Yeah, I, I think I think his career, if his career ended, you can argue. Knock on wood, if his career for some reason ended like today, like, he can you can make a great argument that he can be, he's t- he can be top five all the time, which is scary to say. Yeah, I mean, the lowest amount of games that Patrick Mahomes has won as a starter is twelve. It's twelve. <laughs> he's it's twelve, and uh, another thing that like people kind of like don't give him like credit for. Like, he don't really have – it's not like he's, like, absolutely, like, crushing it defensively more often than not. You know, maybe they, he has a lot of, like – I think somewhat there's, like, a, some tropes there where they act like the defense gives up a ton of points. Generally, like, most more often than not, the Kansas City Chiefs have been in the top ten in points allowed, but it's not like he's, like, playing with, like, crazy, crazy squads. I mean, even this year, they're 16. They're average, literally. Yeah, yeah, he's like he he hasn't really had an elite defense, I would say. No, nope, no, nope. he's had some. He had some good ones, but I want to say anything was like especially. Nah, that's that's fair to say. So if okay, so let's just say hypothetically, uh, Burrow does advance the Super Bowl. You think that means that that'll solidify him as number two in the league? Um, I don't have him number two personally. It's still Josh Allen for me. You still, you um, still got Josh Allen over Joe Burrow? Uh, yeah, I think I think some of the the tropes about Josh Allen are somewhat like overblown. I think people are gonna react however they want to like react, but let's just like be real about it. And I actually had like an argument with, with one of my friends about it. He was like, "Yeah, Josh Allen sucks." I'm like, "I don't know how you really." Nah, he don't suck. That's let's put it like this: um, the Buffalo Bills have not won less than eleven games the past three years. In the past three years. Josh Allen has been no lo- no lower than number three in EPA per play. I think in the past three years, he's been top three for QBR twice, and then once I think he was sixth. Um, the offense as a whole has never finished lower than number three in the terms of points that they score per game. And more than most QBs, you could say even maybe more than like Mahomes or like Burrow, Josh Allen is the whole show because they don't really have a running game. He he pretty much matches his running back's production as a runner, and he's throwing, like, the football. So it's, like, it's kind of, like, wild to me where I was, like, looking at it, like, normally, like, the with someone's play style, like, he hunts big plays. He can't even, like, hit, like, layups. Normally that play style, you don't see that kind of consistency. Um, when it comes to like offensive production, but it's there, and it's like he's fucking around on the field, and he's putting up top three numbers every. Just imagine what he could do if. Just imagine what he could do if he could hit the layups consistently. Just imagine. Mm. I mean, the, I mean the, the, the talent's off the charts. That that no one can deny. If you do, you're if you do, you're a fool. I think a people with Josh Allen is just the fact that like he does make some big mistakes. In, in yeah, he has made big mistakes, but it's like I think it's uh, again. It feels like it feels extremely overblown because it's like who who sent who sent him home? Think about it. Who sent him on the past the past three years? It was Patrick Mahomes twice and Joe Burrow. So the only guys who have sent him home are like the best quarterbacks in the league, the best teams in the league. So it's like. Is he really that bad, or are people forcing it based on like what they what? Even though again, he didn't he didn't even play well. 
he didn't he did not play well in like their last game and maybe you could say he had like a downer towards like the end of the last season but even th- but his bad bad play from him non-fundamental play for him he's putting up top three numbers that's what i'm saying like that yeah. dude is like that that's what it's like normally if you're playing bad you're gonna like he does bottom out i would say like drive to drive but then overall the game like he produces like he produces at a high level like the guys like that Oh, no, absolutely. And I think why people are kind of, like, down on him now is because of all the high expectations they had for the Bills. Yeah, I think, I think it's always one of those things where you people will put these quarterbacks on a pedestal and, like, try to, like, knock them off. For sure. For sure. But I, I definitely think Josh Allen is still, like, number two. Joe Burrow is, like, sneaking up there. I do still think Herbert is every bit as good as, as Burrow, but I think the situation isn't as good and maybe – you know, they've taken some steps in the right directions where they, they fired Joe Lombardi and hopefully we'll get a better OC and maybe add some speed. But that's a conversation for, like, the offseason. But I definitely think Joe Burrow is sneaking into, like, that. I think – I don't necessarily believe in, like, top fives for, like, quarterbacks. I believe in, like, tiers. I think Patrick Mahomes is by himself. And then I had Josh Allen on, like, the next rung below him. And then the next rung below that, I would put Herbert, Burrow, um, based on what he's done this season hurts. Um, and then I think there's definitely like possibility where Joe Burrow could go into that next rung with, with Allen, depending on how, th- how things shake out for him. Mm. Okay. It's interesting. I mean, yeah, I mean, I, I probably would have Burrow ahead of Allen now, but I mean, I think, I think they're both still on the same, on the, on the same tier though. I mean, I if I had Allen, yeah, I, it's kind of like it's like one of those things where you have to look at it. You have to really like be honest and like look at it. Like, how would this work in a vacuum? Like, if you if you're blind and you don't really know what you're getting, or if you're like thinking about it based on I don't know, like their like play styles. I definitely think for me personally, I would prefer Burrow just because I prefer. I think Burrow is a is a player with a much higher floor than Josh Allen. But I think Josh Allen has the highest ceiling in the league. Like when he's on, there is no quarterback better than him, including Patrick Mahomes included. Well, I mean, yeah, he, he has he has he's like he's hard to take down. He can move with the ball, great, uh, strong. He arm. can do pretty much anything that Patrick Mahomes can do throwing the throwing the football. He can do the the out of pocket secondary secondary play stuff. And then, but the thing that Mahomes can't do is he can't do design run, and Josh Allen can. So he has the highest ceiling in the league. But is Patrick Mahomes a better quarterback than him? Yes, because he's way more fundamentally sound and technically proficient. But again, I'm telling you, Josh Allen is fucking around on the NFL football field and playing absolutely, absolute hero ball, and he's putting up top three numbers every year. That's not a thing. It's not. All right. Yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm not mad at that. He's, he's crazy talented. But back to the game on Sunday. So who do you have winning the game? I'm leaning towards the Bengals right now. Um, I think I think even though they do have some injuries on that offensive line, Burrow, Burrow was hunting big plays all last year and early this year. And he's changed, like he's changed his ways. Like he's taken what the defense gives him, but then he'll still hit those goal balls too. He's been doing a a bunch to mitigate pressure, get away from pressure when he has to, but would also get rid of the football quickly. I think in a lot of ways, it's kind of funny. Um, The Bengals are, even though they did, they tried their best to address their offensive line issues because of injuries. They've kind of ended up in the exact same place that they were last last season where like their offensive line was like somewhat of a liability, but Burrow is better. He is a better quarterback than he was last year. Absolutely. So, so I think that's a big factor. I'm just not sure how they'll, if they'll be able to run the ball as well this week as they did last week. All like the metrics kind of supported the fact that Vaughn Miller was a really, really big loss to that Bills defense and their defensive line didn't perform as well when he went out in terms of pass rush and against the run. So I think even though this this Chiefs team is defensively like their average, 
I think the fact that they have like Chris Jones in there, he can definitely wreck the game and it very much depends on if they how well they can block things up, how well they can run the football and how good Mahomes uh sorry, uh Burrow is at making the quick throws and getting away from pressure. But I feel like the Bengals are gonna win this. But man, have they been given can the Kansas City Chiefs bulletin board material all week long. They Yeah. Uh, uh, they've been talking, they've been talking, they're going into enemy territory, and like it's Joe Burrow, so I don't, I don't, he's cool. Like, I don't, I don't really see that him being like shaken by that. But man, they are writing a lot of checks, they got to cash a lot. But I got, I got the Bengals winning this one, okay? Okay, um, I know I should, I should, I should be concerned about Mahomes' ankle. As 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 everybody else in, in Kansas City, um, I should be concerned the fact that they well, I probably shouldn't be too concerned that they lost three times because all those games like they had about three points or less. So technically, they could have gone either way, but the Bengals won all of them. Uh, but I I just can't I can't bet against Mahomes in the spot. I, I can't see him going to a, a team four consecutive times. I think that they're gonna he's gonna play big. I think the co-stars outside of Travis Kelsey are gonna get involved. And this is gonna, and then that now that I think that it's gonna be, you know, you'll see a good example on Sunday as to why they are probably better now offensively than they were with Tyreek Hill because of the because because they get able to spread the ball around to be more diversified. You don't know who's gonna beat you, you know. So I'm gonna go with KC back to the Super Bowl. I'm going 30-21, KC. Oh wow! Okay, okay. I was I was I was thinking that we're gonna get. 27-24 Bengals. Maybe like a go-ahead touchdown to win the game. Or a field goal. Yeah, or a field goal. All right. Not, not bad, not bad. Hey, I, thought, I wanted to ask you, because we, we were um, kind of like, again, I'm talking about this when we were mentioning um, Josh Allen. So, the the Bills GM, we think about his comments when he basically said that, um, you know, he don't want to suck too, he doesn't want to suck so much that, that, that he can get a Jamal Chase. I just felt like he's not lying about this situation. But he's probably not the right person to say that, nor was it the right time after, you know, falling short in the division. Yeah, it wasn't, like, the right time. But, again, it's, like, it's – there's, like – we kind of live in a hot take world. and we Oh, we do. And it's, like – sometimes I I don't really understand the the issues that people have with the team maybe in general. I'm not – I'm not really understanding where people are coming from. So they went, they went thirteen and three this year. They were eleven and six the year before that. Thirteen and three the year before that, and ten and six the year before that. In the past three years, they lost in, they lost in the divisional round, the conference championship, and I think they lost in the the wild card. It's like they're a good team. <laughs> it's like why people are like going completely overboard. I will say they do have a lot going on in terms of free agency this year because Josh Allen's Josh Allen's extension kicks in this year. So he's going to start taking up a bunch of the cap, Um, even though he signed it early. So it's probably going to be like team friendly compared to like some of the deals you'll see for like Burrow and Herbert. They're probably going to get like 50 million a year average, but they probably have a lot of guys who are headed out the door. So things might be a little bit different next year. Um, especially like defensively, I think they're probably going to lose a bunch of defensive free agents, maybe like like safeties and linebackers. But they're a good football team. <laughs> they won the division three times in a row, and then they were second the year before that. Like they're a good team. Like I don't, I don't, I don't really understand how like that's like they were they were second in points scored and they were second in points allowed. Do do they maybe need to figure out some stuff in terms of game planning defensively and not just play guys straight up and assume they're going to win like yeah but in the grand scheme of things like they could be a lot worse they could <laughs> like i don't i don't get it yeah absolutely but but i i see it as you know it's kind of taking a slight at at the Bengals. i mean because i mean they did they were they were down for a while they were able to get joe burrow the number one pick then they were able like a year after i believe it was the year after get jamar the number five pick where a lot of people thought they said they got an old line 
to, to, to like a proper O line, but they went with wide receiver, and that just worked out. And now, now they got this like all these players that they got these guys are on rookie deals, so they don't have to really pay anybody. But I think they're gonna have to make a decision on Tiggins in the off season. So that could be the start of things changing for that for that team going forward. Yeah, I mean, I think the, so. T. Higgins, I believe, is still under contract, um, and then he he's not a free agent until twenty twenty four. I think they can extend him, but I don't know how that's going to work out, depending on what he wants, how things shake out. But it's like, it's like I don't know. You ever seen that meme from Stephen A. Where it's like you're not wrong, but you didn't have to say it, like especially like <laughs> this type of thing. He's not. He's not wrong. Like they went two and fourteen to get Burrow. Burrow tore his ACL the next year, and they ended up going four eleven and one. So they got like Jamar Chase. So it's not like they got two of the best players, best young players in the game, because they were terrible. It's like, is he wrong? No. Like he's not. He's not wrong. He's not. <laughs> yeah, not at all. I mean, and you see all the other teams. Like um, how Michael Pross is pointing out that everybody outside of Mahomes playing this weekend, all the quarterbacks are on like on the on rookie deal, so real team friendly, and they're able to you know to put those resources into other aspects of the team, which is why you see Philly is just stacked with talent on both sides of the ball. I mean, it's like I mean I've been on this pod with you talking about how I wish the Patriots would lose more games. <laughs> I, so it's like you're talking to the wrong guy. If you want me to tell you that that Brandon Bean is like lying, I'm like, nah, man. Like, <laughs> I've been on here saying I hope we lose more games so we can get some premium talent for once. Like, it's like they they got great draft picks, they drafted well, and as a result, they they are on. They went to a Super Bowl, and they're on, it looks like they're on the cusp of going to another one. Like, why is it a bad? Why that's not? He's not lying. He's telling the truth. No, I, absolutely, I, I agree. I, like I said, like you said, that Stephen A. mean sums it up. You, you can, I mean, you're not lying, but you didn't have to say it. Like, <laughs> the team's gonna look bad at the end. But he ain't lying. He was um, not lying. So Nathaniel Hackett just got hired. It was kind of crazy after, the, after that horrendous job in Denver. I don't, I don't, I don't understand what happened there. I don't know <laughs> if it's like he if. Mike LaFleur had like an issue in the locker room or with Salah. I don't know. I'm, Mike LaFleur is a good OC, so I didn't really understand them separating and then them bringing in Hackett. I don't get that. Hackett didn't, is like a quarterback coach. He didn't even call his own plays. And when things were going left for Russell Wilson, like he couldn't even like adjust. Um, he's not responsible for like the whole shebang. So I guess like, that's cool. We'll see like how that turns out, but I, I don't really get moving on from Mike LaFleur and going hack it at all. Um, I mean, I'm not people are speculating that this is because, you know, they're probably trying to make a play for Rogers. Maybe, maybe, maybe. maybe. Um, But it seemed like the Broncos were doing like the same thing last year. How did that work out? How did that work out? That didn't work out too well. (laughs) I, I'm personally of the opinion that Aaron Rodgers ain't going anywhere. Um, I think he's going to be a Packer next year. Maybe they could bring in Derek Carr because I don't think Derek Carr is going to end up being traded. I think he's just going to get cut because um, the way like his contract is is um, I believe the way it's structured like they'd have to cut him like two days after the Super Bowl or else his like guarantees kick in. His contract becomes guaranteed. So. Um, unless someone like is willing to trade like a like a low round pick, because I don't think anyone's going to trade a first or a second for him. Um, that he might that he won't like veto because he has um, a no trade clause. I think he's going to get cut. So I feel like I don't know. Tampa is a possibility. The Jets are a real possibility. But I don't think Aaron Rodgers is getting traded. I think Aaron Rodgers is going to be a Packer next year. Mm-hmm. Yeah, interesting. I, I I don't know. Like, I I don't want to. I don't, don't want to say Aaron Rodgers' name, and, and, and um, with the Jets because they'll just be like, he's like he's taking the same path that Brett Favre took, either being in Green Bay for so many years, then all of a sudden playing for, for the Jets, it, it would look crazy. But yeah, um, I have no idea those. But I do find it interesting that they did hire Nathaniel Hackett after that. You know, that just terrible showing out there in Denver. But again, it's probably not all his fault. But still, I thought the offense doesn't look too good making that move. Bad. Yeah, uh, I don't, I don't, I don't get it. But I mean, hey, Jets going Jet, I guess. 
I have no problem <laughs> with that. If you guys want to be like worse, by all means. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. We can have so many teams like that in the in, in our division. Hey, go ahead, do your thing. I, I am not. I am not going to complain about about division opponents doing stupid stuff. By all uh, means. Last thing. Uh, last thing. Um, Pats. Bill O'Brien is uh, back with the Pats Nation. The Love it. Love, you it. Love it. Yeah. Um, it's some stability that we need. It's somebody with experience. Somebody we know. <laughs> yeah, familiarity. Someone who knows he can coach offense at the pro level. He coached Mac Jones at Alabama. So he knows him there. He's going to be our offensive coordinator and quarterback coach. I think it's a great move. Um, maybe as like another move to add a digit additionally, maybe we can trade with the Denver Broncos to see if they, we could shake Jerry Judy loose, given that they've already paid Cortland Sutton and Tim Patrick. That to me says that Jerry Judy would be like the odd man out on like that fifth year option soon, I believe. So, like, let's trade for him, get Mac, Jerry, Judy, and Bill O'Brien together and see what we can do as an offense uh, with some of, like, the young pieces we have. I'm, I'm assuming that Damian Harris is has played his last snap as a Patriot. They'll let him walk in free agency and let Ramondre Stevenson take over as a full-time starter and see what we can get out of Kevin Harris and Pierre Strong. Um, but I'm, I'm all for the fact that they got – um, Gerard Mayo to stay. That was huge as well. Like I'm really happy about that. And I'm hoping that maybe he even gets like an assistant head coach kind of a kind of thing going there. And he's being groomed to to be like the guy after Belichick is gone. Um really pleased. Yeah, I mean and it couldn't get any worse, right? So now we got a guy that has familiarity with the Pats. He has familiarity with the quarterback. And I I I said it before, I think that we really did Magnos a disservice. Um, as it was like a regression for him in the, se- in the second year, he didn't deserve that. So now with this higher, I think I think we're going to see an um, upward trend with him going forward. Well, for the time being, at least you right. can't you can't get any lower than what we had last season. Just a terrible play calling and ah, that was that was a mess. Yeah, it was uh, <laughs> we bottomed out in a way I haven't seen in a long time. <laughs> Oh, man. But, uh, all right, yeah, I guess we can wrap, wrap up here. Uh, any plans for the rest of the night? Uh, Schoolwork, that's it. Uh, Friday night? Come on, man. You got to do something. Go out. Go spend time with your lady. I wish, I wish, man. Schoolwork, um, given the fact that, um, you know, I'm an accountant, so I got to close the books coming up next week. So I got to be... I got to be proactive and be on top of my stuff, so that means getting it done early. So I'm going to get it done right now. All right, man. I'm mad at you, my, my guy. Yeah, I appreciate you again. As always, coming on this pod with me. Um, I will check you out on Twitter this weekend at the games. Um, have a great weekend, man. All right, bro. All right, my guy. Peace. And that is it for this episode. Another one in the books. Of course, salute to the homie East for holding me down. Thank you to Anchor and thank you guys for your continued support for checking out this pod as much as you do. And be sure to hit that subscribe button if you're new to this pod. As this is available just about everywhere you listen to your favorite podcast app, all the platforms. And you can keep up with me on as well on social media, Instagram and Twitter at MrVincent13. And you can also like my Facebook fan page as well, Emmanuel Vincent. Uh, so, yeah, that's all the time we have for now. Guys, enjoy these great games this Sunday. And whatever you do, please do it responsibly. I will check y'all next week. Till then, take care.